Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. just dive in to what we're going to talk about today and I want to start with a question I want to ask you this question how many of you would be willing to admit with me that over the last 10 years somewhere over the last 10 years that you've had an argument with someone in your family let me see your hand you would be willing to admit that okay that is about all of us all right and the reason I say I ask you that question is because Rhonda and I we when we were teenagers we went to the same church and our pastor there told us that he and his wife had never had an argument. Never. He'd tell us all the time that me and my wife never had an argument. Uh, and he never had a headache. And I'm thinking, dang, what's wrong with me? You know, because I would, Rhonda and I, you know, we dated. And, and before we got married, we had arguments. So I thought, well, you know, well, maybe that's a marriage thing. Once you get married, then you don't have any arguments. Well, we got an argument on our wedding day. And then we had an argument. We've had Many, many arguments. Okay, in the last 31 years, we've had many arguments. And so I thought, man. And so may, I thought, well, maybe, maybe uh, once I become a pastor, then maybe that's the cure. You know, that once you become a pastor, you don't have arguments anymore. Well, I'm going to tell you something. That wasn't true. Uh, that, that sometimes the, the pressure and the stress actually made it worse, you know. And, and so, so we've had these arguments. And, and, and so I just had to get that cleared up that we weren't the only ones that had arguments. Because they're going to happen. You don't know someone until you work with them or you live with them. Amen? And once you work with them or live with them, then you begin to know that person. And so it's real easy to have those kind of strains. Now, here's what I, what I have discovered is this. Is that when you win an argument in your home, you've won nothing. Right? I mean, like... You know, you go in the courtroom, you know, you can go to the courtroom and, and if, if you win an argument in the courtroom, then, then woohoo, you know, then, then whatever went in your favor, awesome, it's great. And, you know, and then maybe at work or, or, or wherever or on your, on your ball team or whatever, that you, you won the argument there and, and things went your way and it made things better, then, then woohoo, you know, good for you. But when you win an argument in your living room, or in your bedroom, you won nothing. You're still sleeping on the couch, right? I mean, yeah, you're still at odds with each other. It doesn't matter, brother, sister, you know, husband and wife, it doesn't matter. You, you won nothing. Yes, oh, you told them, and, and you, you said it straight, and you did all this stuff that you, you know, and you felt like you won, but you won nothing because things aren't better just because you win. And, and so today, we, we have to talk about this thing that we call conflict. And, and, and I want to be honest with you. I want to talk to you about killing the root of conflict. So let me ask you just to see if you're interested. If I could help you take down your conflict in your home by 30%, would you be interested? How many would be interested in that? Okay. All right, great. Okay. The rest of you just like fighting. So anyways, I can't help you. I want to just be honest before I, before I dive into this. I would, I would not ever dare to tackle what I'm about to teach you and tell you 
under my own ability. I just wouldn't do it. I don't have the fortitude. I don't have the wisdom to do it. So today, I'm going to go in under the authority of God's Word, and we're going to listen to what Jesus' brother James has to say about this issue. Not Jeff, but James. And I want to tell you what he has to say has impacted my life in a great way, and I believe it will impact your wife, life. And I, your wife, I almost said wife, right? I was, oh, Jesus, I'm in trouble already. Life, okay, not wife, life. And I want to, listen, I wish to God that somebody would have taught me this earlier in my life because it would have saved me a lot of conflict. So let's talk about killing the root of conflict. You ready? Let's look at what the Bible says. James, the brother of Jesus, wrote this. Ready? Let's read this together. Let's read it. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Okay, that's the question. Now, if I were to ask you, and you know, what causes fights and quarrels in your home, and I were to ask you right now, what is it? You know what? I know what you would say. You say, them. They do. They do. You know, if they would straighten up, they would get better if they would do this. And, and you, would, you would probably point to somebody else. And, and so I don't have enough guts to ask that question of you right now because I don't want fights to erupt all in the sanctuary, all right? I don't want it to start. So, but here's what, here's what I'm going to tell you. We begin to point to other people. We start thinking about what causes those. Most of it, we will say, they do, and they do, and they do, and they did this, and they do that. And so what I would tell you is this. Watch this. Here it is. The secret to fights and argues is blame. When we begin to blame everybody else, see, just like I said that to you, you were tempted to say, they do, they do. When we start blaming other people is when we have the problem. So I have this coming up on the screen. Now, let me just say this before we read it. This may be one of those statements that you want to take a picture of and you want to post on social media or whatever because this is so true. So let's read it together. You ready? Come on, let's read it. As long as you blame others for your unhappiness, you will always be... Did you get that? Oh, I hope you got it. Because I didn't get it for a long time. As long as you blame others for your unhappiness, you will always be unhappy. So, watch this. Here's what I'm telling you. Every time that you go and say, if you would, if you would just straighten up, if you would be better, if you would do this, then I would be happy. You are handing your happiness to that person. Because if the, if the only way that you can be happy, if they start doing something or they stop doing something, that means that your happiness is within their power. You have given your happiness to that person. You see what I'm talking about? As long as you blame, as you say, you, you know, if you get better, if you would, if you'll do this or you'll stop doing this, then I can be happy. You are handing your happiness off to somebody else. Now, here, here, here's, here's the scary part. Some of you right now have handed your happiness off to a 10-year-old. If my child would straighten up, if they would do better at school, if they would do this, oh, I'd be so happy. And you have handed your happiness off to a 10-year-old. Some of you, you've handed your happiness off to a 16-year-old. Some of you, some of you have handed your happiness off to your parents because, because, you know, they're not doing what you want them to do. And so you've handed your happiness off. And so today, what I'd like to challenge you to do today is stop 
handing your happiness off. Is why don't you today make, you know, instead of blaming everybody else for all your problems, stop that and, and take your happiness back. In other words, we can be in conflict. I can be in conflict with you, but listen, I'm not, it's not going to be when you do something different that I'm going to be happy. No, no, no. I'm going to be happy anyway. I'm not giving you my happiness. Well, isn't that stupid anyways? I mean, isn't that nuts for someone that you're in conflict with, that you don't like, you're mad at, you say, well, I'm mad at you, but here, I want to go ahead and give you my happiness anyways. Nobody in their right mind would do that. And neither should you and neither should I. And so we, we have to stop blaming other people and stop giving our happiness away. So I have this statement for you. Look what's coming up. It's number one. Would you write this down? Number one. Stop giving my happiness away with blame. Would you write that down? If you're going to kill the root of conflict, especially in your immediate family, you have to stop giving your happiness away with blame. Stop it. Stop giving it away with blame. Now, so I have a next step for you. After you write that down, I want you to pull out this card because there's a next step, and I want you to check the box if you will. It says this. It says, I will do my best to stop giving my happiness away with blame. The reason I put this on this card, because you need, I want you to check the box, because you're going to turn them in at the end of service, and we're going to pray over these cards, and you need God Almighty to help you. You know why? Because you have been raised your whole life to point at somebody else, and somebody else, and somebody else. You've been taught it's their fault, it's their fault, and you have been giving your happiness away, so it's going to take a spiritual act of God to help you stop doing that, what you have a habit of doing. Amen? And, and amen to me, too, because it's, it's a struggle for me as well. Okay, so look, let's go back and see what James has to say. Here he goes. He said, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from, what's that next word? Your, that's right, your desires that battle where? Within you. So, so what is James saying? James is saying, listen, it's not them, it's inside of you. You go, no, 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 it's inside of them. You don't know who I live, it's inside of them. Like, come out, you know? It's inside of them. But no, no, no. He says it's inside of you. That's where he is. He goes on and says this. Watch. Here he goes. Oh, this, you got this. You got to look at it with me right here because I want you to read a, a couple words. He says, you want something, but, let's read it. You ready? Come on. Oh, you want something, but you don't get it. Oh, boy. Now, we don't like that, do we? Now, that right there just tick you off, won't it? Just to, remember, when someone, when you believe that someone has the power to give you what you want and you don't get it, then that's a problem. And we see this from very early in life, right? I mean, very early. Like, have you ever seen like a toddler who wanted something in the grocery store or Walmart and didn't get it? Have you ever seen that? I mean, like, you know, when they want something and they don't get it, I mean, sometimes they can throw what we call a temper what? Tantrum, that's right. I mean, like, when they want the M&Ms and mama won't get it, daddy won't get it, whoever won't get it for them, sometimes, I mean, they can get down in the floor and just cause a scene, right? And so many, many times, somebody will say, here, get the stinking M&Ms and shut up. <laughs> right? Because they've learned that by throwing the temper tantrum, they will get what they want. Let me tell you something. Time has passed. We've grown up. We should have matured from that, right? I think it would be very silly to see a grown-up in the floor crying about M&Ms, don't you? We don't see that much, but let me just tell you something. Our temper transfers hadn't stopped. 
You know, we just do it different ways now, don't we? You know how some of you do it? Here we go. Some of you, you know what some of you do? You sulk and you pout. Powders. It's all pitiful me. Matter of fact, your Facebook posts go, oh, I'm just feeling so sad today, brother. You know why? Because you will pout until you get what you want. Yeah, it's a temper tantrum. Oh, some of you say, well, that ain't me. I would never, oh, just hold on. Some of you, it's not just a temper tantrum. The temper tantrum doesn't come out in pouting. Some of you, it comes out in the silent treatment, doesn't it? Like, I ain't talking to nobody. What's wrong with you? Nothing. 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 Ain't nothing wrong with me. Nothing. And you just, you ain't talking to nobody. And you're going to make everybody miserable around you until you get what you want. You say, well, I ain't doing that. Just hold on. Some of you in this room are what I call the litigators or the arguers. You will argue and argue and fuss and argue and argue and argue until you wear the people around you down. You just wear them down. Until finally they say, okay. You will argue until you get what you want. There's some of you in this room that you take it up a notch. You're the screamers. Oh, when it, when, and when it gets to this point where you say, oh, no, you know, uh, oh, no, I'm not like it. Oh, yes, you are. You'll get louder and louder and louder until you embarrass people enough or until you feel like you intimidate them enough until you get what you want. And so the issue that we had to look at it, James is saying, is that you want something, but you're not getting it. And when we don't get what we want, when we feel like that the other person has the power to give it to us, then we go to the next step. Look what he says. Here he goes. He says, so you want something, but you don't get it. So what's those next two words? You, you stop right there. What's those two words? Let's say them together. You, you. let's say it was right there. Stop right there. You, you, you kill, you kill. You say, Pastor Jeff, now let me tell you something. I might be a sulker. I I might be a screamer. I I might be a litigator. You know, I might be the son. But I've never killed anybody. Oh, yeah? Maybe you've not, maybe you've not have, have killed anyone physically, but I would tell you there's probably some relationships you have murdered. There's probably some people right now that you, that come, that you have murdered the relationship with. You know, that, that maybe, maybe some of you right now, you know what? You left home as soon as you, as soon as you got 18 or, or could get out of there. You got out of there. You know why you got out of there? Because your parents weren't giving you what you wanted. And so you left. And it's been 20 years and you're still ticked off at them. Because they didn't give you what you wanted. Some of you, your children, some of you, your children, you know, that, that you put so much pressure on your children and, and that, you know, you wanted so much for them and, and you wanted to do a certain way and, and they wouldn't do what you wanted them to do. And so you just begin to criticize and, and you begin to agitate and you begin to, to, to try to give direction and, and they still wouldn't give you what you want and you just upset because they wouldn't give you what you wanted. We all know people, don't we? We all know people right now that are so insecure. You know why? Because people cussed at them, mocked them, tried to do everything they could. Why? To get them to do what they wanted. 
And we know men and women and children that, that had been somewhat abused because they would not give what someone wanted. See what I'm talking about? And we kill. Now, here's what we say. Well, well Pastor Jeff, I only want what's best for them. Did you hear we, how that first, the, the first part, we started that sentence, I only want, I only want what's best for them. And so James is saying, listen, you kill because you won't, you won't. Listen, there's some of us that, that have put so much pressure on the people around us because we think, you know, I just want them to get better. I just see the potential in my wife. I just see the potential in my husband. I see the potential in my children. And we stay on them and on them and on because we want something. We want to be more proud of them. You know, we, we, we want more from them. And so James is saying, you, you, you kill because of that. So he goes on and says this. Look what James says. He says, you want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. And look at these. Let's read these next four words out loud. You ready? Come on. You quarrel and, and fight. You, you know why we quarrel and fight. You know why you do and I do. It's called, I want what I want, and you want what you want, right? If you want what you want, and I want what I want, and they're different, then, my friend, we're at it, right? If you, if you just can't get along, right? You just can't get along with that. And, and so, so I want to give you this next step that I think will help us to move past that. Here it is. You ready? Number two, write this down. Admit part of the problem is I'm not getting what I want. Admit part of the problem is, I'm not getting what I want. Admit that. Now, let me just ask you a question. After you write that down, can you just imagine with me what it would look like in your home? If in the middle of one of these heated debates, one of these conflicts, I mean, you're going at it, you know, you're just arguing in your way. Some of you are screamers, some of you are, you know, give the stink eye, and some of you, all this stuff. You know, you just got our own ways of going at it. If you're going at it, could you imagine me right in the middle of that, of that heated moment that, you, that somebody would just look up and say, hey, you know what the problem is here? I'm not getting what I want. Could you imagine how that would change it? I mean, like it would just freak you out, right? And right in the middle of it, you're going at it. You're going at it. And somebody stops you and says, whoa, whoa, wait a, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know what the problem is? I'm not getting what I want. Now, some of you are sitting here right now. You're thinking, okay, man, I wish my husband was here. Oh, I wish my wife was here. Oh, I wish my middle schooler was here to hear this. See, there you go again. It's them. Right? Right? James, the brother of Jesus, says, no, 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 no. It's not them. It's me. It's you. It's you. It's you. It's not them. It's you. It's not them. It's me. So I would like for us to practice this statement because if we admit this, we get better. So matter of fact, so let's just read this together. It's coming on the screen. Let's just say this. You ready to come and say it together? You know what the problem is? I'm not getting what I want. Some of you get a little fired up, aren't you? So let's just do this with a little attitude like you're in the middle of it. I mean, like a little Zeke formation, you know? I want you to get your pointer finger out. And I want you to do it. This, okay, I'm going to do it one time, then I want you to do it. You ready? You know what the problem is? I'm not getting what I want. Okay, attitude. You ready? Come on. I mean, fire it up. Let's do it. Here we go together. You ready? Attitude. Pointer finger. Here we go. You got it? Ready? Let's do it. 
You know what the problem is? I'm not getting what I want. That's the problem. Man, some of you got to settle down. I said, she fired, fired up. You scared me. That's what the problem is. Is I'm not getting what I want. And so, this is the problem. Is I'm not getting what I want. And let me just, so, I, I'm not a very good marriage counselor. I'll just be honest with you. I stink at it. People, you know, used to come to me a lot, and I don't do it much anymore. I usually meet with a person maybe one time, and that's it. That's all they can take. It's all I can take. That's it. It's because I try to get them to somebody that can help them. Because to be a good counselor, you've got to be a good listener. And I'm, not a good, I'm just not a good listener. I'm a fixer. I'm like, okay, let's get it over with. You know, you got your paper, let's write this down. So people that want to, you know, have issues, they need to talk to somebody and be able to, someone sympathize with them. Well, you know, about, about 30 minutes into that conversation, I'm listening like, okay, I got it, got it. They go, no, but you, let me tell you this. I'm like, no, 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 I got it, I got it. Here, here's your tissue. Let me tell you. Fix you. It doesn't work. I'm not good at it. But what they tell you they're trying, counseling is this, is like this is one of the methods of resolving conflict, is they ask the question, okay, if there was a, a circle or a pie, if there's a circle or a pie, it's coming up on the screen, you have one on your outline. If there's a circle of pie and that circle or that pie represents your problem, the question is this, okay, you know, it's all them, 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 I would ask this question, what part of the problem is your fault? Like how much of, a, how much of the problem would you own? How much of it would you own? So would you own just a, a little slice like this? Would you own that? Look at the next slide with me, look at this. Would you own a little slice like that? How much would you own? You know what I found out? Nobody would be willing to own any of it. Listen, don't you write any slices right now on your, because you'll start a fight right here in church. Don't you write nothing on that paper right now. You say, well, I'm a, and you're thinking about your little bitty, and they're standing beside you. Heck no, it's like that. Most of, nobody will own a slice. You know why? You know why nobody would own a slice? I mean, did I go back and say, hey, no, 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 no. How much would you, how much of that would you own? And they would go, well, you just don't know how they are. You just don't know what they, they put me through. You just don't know. You don't know. I'm like, no, 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 I don't know. But how much would you own? Wouldn't put a thing. Wouldn't put a mark on that paper. You know why? Here it is. Here's why. Because here it is. Come up on the screen. I want you to write it down in the middle of that circle. You ready? Here it is. Look, let's read it together first. You ready? When I own my slice, I become nice. When I own my slice, I become nice when I own my slice. I'm going to let you write that down in the center of that circle. Because as soon as you say, you know what, well, you know, Rhonda, she's 95% of our problems. But I'll take 5%. I guess I can get up grouchy every once in a while. See what I'm talking about? As soon as I own my slice, then all of a sudden, my, when I'm focused, so much focused on her, and I focus on my slice, then all of a sudden, it makes me look at me. 
And, I'm the, and once I look at me, then I realize what I can change, what needs to change in me. And then it makes me address a little bit nicer the other part of the problem. When I, when I own my slice, I become nice. And that's something that you and I need to never forget. Now, I want to tell you, is if everyone, if everyone could own a part of their conflict, and then what would happen is instead of trying to fight it out, we would be able to reason it out. We would be able to talk it out. As soon as I own my conflict, because when I come back, if I come back and talk to Rhonda this way and say, say, honey, you know what? I just want to say this. Is that I'm sorry for this. I've been doing this and I'm sorry for it. And I just want to say I apologize for that. If I enter the conversation with I'm sorry and meaning it from my heart that I'm working on this part right here, it's amazing how the conversation changes and we can talk about the other stuff. When I own my slice, I become nice. Why don't you own your slice? Not right now! But you get by yourself somewhere and why don't you just be honest and say, okay, this much is part of mine. Maybe it's a little bitty, bitty, bitty bit. But you just own that and see what happens. The third thing I want to share with you is this. The third thing is ask God to help me. Ask God to help me. Some of you, is, you know what, I know what's going through your mind. Some of you say, you know what, Pastor Jeff, that just sounds like a bunch of psychology. Oh, it is. That's what the Bible is. It's mental health. You want to be mental health, then go to the Bible. It helps you. Isn't it amazing? The God who created you and had, 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 had this written over 2,000 years ago knew that, that, that we, our minds are made the same. It doesn't change. God, when he, when he created the minds, he knows all about it. So that's why he put it in there. It helps us. And it is therapy. And that's why I would challenge, read the Bible. Turn off the bad news and turn on the good news and watch what will happen in your life. Some of you, your day will get brighter. You know what? It'll be like the country music song. Your dog will come back. Your wife come back. It'll just be good. You know, when you play a country music song in reverse, that's what happens, right? Play it backwards. I jacked that all up. But anyways, I hope you got it. Look what James says. Here he goes. James says, you want something, but you don't get it. You kill and you covet but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. Now notice this next part. You do not have, let's read down what's underlined. You ready? Come on. Because you do not ask, you do not ask God. You do not ask God. The problem that we have when we go to God, now let me tell you, watch this, here we go. When, I, when Rhonda and I was having issues, oh, I'd pray all right, but I would pray about her. I was like, God, now I know you on my side. And you, she's jacked up. So, Lord, you've got to straighten her out. Fix her, oh, Lord. God, let her get it. You ever pray prayers like that? Lord, let her get it. Lord, shine that light. Remove the scales from her eyes. You ever pray prayers like that? Yeah, that's the way I'd pray. God, remove that. You know, I get all spiritual. I quote scripture, too. You said in your word, Lord, if I come to you, Lord, that problem is right in the other bedroom over there, God. Huh. Why should I lie to you, you know? It's the truth. I, I want to tell you something. 
I think you can handle this. You may think I'm a sissy or whatever after this. I'm going to tell you something. I'm man enough to say it, and you can think whatever you want to. Ron and I, we, nobody ever talked to us like this. That, that's why I'm telling you. That's why I love you. I, I want to be as transparent as I can be because I want your life to get better. I prayed for you this morning, last night, every night for you to get better. So that's why I'm talking to you like this. We didn't know about, you know, like Gary uh, Chapman wrote that book called The Five Love Languages. It's a great book. Every couple ought to read that. We didn't know anything about that, about love languages, you know. But what, what, what used to happen, we'd get in the car, and we'd drive somewhere, like an hour, to her parents' where it'd be at least an hour away. We'd get in the car and drive, and, and you know, I'm a touchy-feely kind of person. I mean, that's just who I am. I know you think I'm weak and sissy or whatever, but think what you want to. That's the way I am. I'm a touchy-feely person. She's a quality time person, you know. And so if we're in the car together, that's quality time. She's good, but not me. You've got to touch me. And so I was like, so I was like, you know what? They were riding down the road, and I was thinking, I'd start thinking, you know, if she loved me, she'd hold my hand. And so I'd drive a little bit further, and I'd say, look at her over there. She knows I want to. She knows I want her to hold my hand. She just ain't doing it. And she ain't saying nothing. Like, she's just like riding along, you know, just not really saying a whole lot. And by the time we get to where we're going, I am so mad. And I get out of the car and slam the door. She said, what's wrong with you? What, what, what happened? We didn't even talk about anything, and you're mad. What's going on? Nothing. <laughs> you love me. You ought to know. She's like, she's going through a whole day. What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? But I want to tell you something. Gary Chapman didn't fix that problem. God fixed it. Because one day I was telling God, Lord, I don't get Rhonda. She doesn't hold my hand. She doesn't like me. She just, she just being mean like that. You know, whatever. And this might sound silly to you. I don't care. <laughs> and you know what? While I was praying for God to change her, somehow I shut up long enough for God to say, Jeff, it's you. It's you. See, I was asking God with the wrong motives as well. And so I began to say, God, help me. And God revealed to me that, Jeff, you haven't even told her that you'd like for her to hold your hand while you're riding a car, you sissy. <laughs> See what I'm talking about? I'm serious. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Like, God revealed that to me. She doesn't even know you want that. And you, mad, you get mad at her all the time. And you just keep that girl tore up all the time because you, you're silly. And so now, when we're riding in the car, I just slide my hand that direction. She said, oh, let me just hold that hand there. Good grief, I'm getting, whoo, i got to stop. Where's she at? I'll kiss her right now. <laughs> see what I'm talking about? Now, see, we're laughing at my silence, but what silliness do you have? What do you want that you're not getting? You know what the problem is? I want something, and I'm not getting it. And so it's me. It's not them. Here's what I want to tell you. Watch this. When we begin to ask Jesus, it's amazing how that when we start asking God, my little part right here, Lord, help me get better at this. 
Make me better at this. When you ask God to help you get better with what you're willing to own, when he, he will do that. And when he helps you to get better with what you own, when he changes you, it's amazing how he can change them. But listen, he's got to change you first before he changes them. It's me. Change me, not them. Change me, not them. And when you change, it's amazing how everybody else will change. It's when you change. You have to change. I want to ask you this question. Who's suffering because you're not getting what you want? Who are you torturing because you're not getting what you want? Who is it? Jesus said this. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus said this. Jesus wrote this, Matthew 11. He said this. Look what he says. It's on your outline. Would you read those first three words with me? Let's read them. You ready? Come on. Come to me. Notice that. Jesus has come to me. That ain't Rhonda that wrote that. Rhonda didn't write that. Look, he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? Okay, only he can do that. Rhonda can't do that for me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. And notice what he says. Look, he says, take my yoke. You know, like two animals that, that, have a, that are yoked together. You know, like two bulls that are pulling a big plow. They're, they become partners. Jesus says, partner with me. Take my yoke upon you, upon you and what? Learn from me. If you go to God in prayer and you ask God, it's amazing what you can learn from Jesus if you will just listen and talk about you and not everybody else. Learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your what? And that's what you need. Because many of you walked in here today and you were all, you're in a knot on the inside. And I'm telling you, you're on, you, you just jacked it. Your blood pressure's up. Everything's out, of, everything's out of whack because you're in knots inside. You're not. He says, come to me. Listen, if you're not a Christ follower, today I want Jesus is saying, come to me. That's the first step in you to get better is to receive Jesus in your life. We have a prayer right here in our program. It's called the prayer to become a Christ follower. I pray that you'll read that and say, God, that is me. And then when you do that, just check it on the back of this card so that I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you. Now I want everybody to stand with me and I want to talk to all of you before we sing this song. Watch this. We have to have a come to Jesus meeting. When I said that, have a come to Jesus meeting, you probably thought about somebody you got to talk to. I am not talking about that. No. We have to have a come, me have to have a come to Jesus meeting. That means I've got to go to Jesus and I got to talk to him. Let me tell you something. Where I can deal with that part that I, I got to own it and I got to go to Jesus. I got to have a meeting with Jesus about what I, I'm going to own. And then once I do that, he can change it. So I'm telling you today, the first step that you have in killing the root of conflict is that you got to come to Jesus. You got to have a come to Jesus meeting with you and Jesus. And once you do that, that is the beginning of your world changing. Today, I want to pray that right now you make a decision Right now, you're going to talk to Jesus about it right now. You're not going to wait till you get home right now. In your, not out loud, but in your own way, you're going to talk to Jesus right now. Let's pray. Lord, right now in the name of your son, Jesus, 
We come to you, O oh God, and you see, O oh Lord, the struggles that we have. You know where we're at fault, O oh God. We don't want to deal with everybody else's, Lord. We, Lord, we are not going to give our happiness away. We're taking it back, Father. And I pray today that you, O oh God, would reach down and move in our lives, O oh God, and open our minds and our hearts that we can hear your voice, and God, that we can change, that everybody else may change around us, O oh Lord. Today, we give it to you, O oh God. We come to you right now for the rest for our soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.